Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tonight, a powerful storm sweeps across the U.S., bringing snow to New York City and the Northeast, plus dangerous tornadoes throughout the Midwest. Here are tonight's top headlines. A massive winter storm heads east as the threat of tornadoes continues. This storm was loud. It was fast, and it was all part of a wild weather night. A new report on the origin of COVID. But why not everyone agrees? The FBI and now the Energy Department have both found an accidental lab leak increasingly plausible. Abortion providers brace for a new ruling that could ban an abortion pill. If this lawsuit bans this drug, how would that affect patient care? It would be devastating. Nearing the end of the Alec Murdaugh double murder trial, the defense offers a new theory. My opinion is the totality of the evidence is more suggestive of a two-shooter scenario. With just minutes to go, SpaceX scrubs a mission with astronauts on board. One scrub. That didn't work. Welcome to the 29th annual Screen Actors Guild Awards. And the actor goes to Michelle. This is not just for me. This is for every little girl that looks like me. Good evening and thank you for joining us as we begin a new week together. Tonight we begin our new series, Retirement Ready, with a look at at the millions of Americans who are worried about not having enough money to retire, especially with the stock market and dwindling 401k plans. Plus, speaking of retirement, we sit down with tennis great Serena Williams and what she thinks about that word after leaving tennis five months ago. We've got our interview coming up. But first, the severe weather causing havoc coast to coast. Tonight, large parts of the Northeast are under a winter storm warning from New Jersey to Maine. A massive system is expected to bring more than a half foot of snow to some areas through tomorrow. It's part of the same system that brought a rare blizzard warning to Southern California last week. 
Also in the Midwest, thunderstorms, damaging winds, and several tornadoes downed trees and power lines in Illinois and Ohio. And last night in Oklahoma and Kansas, at least nine twisters touched down. CBS's Omar Villafranca will start us off tonight from hard-hit Norman, Oklahoma. Good evening, Omar. Good evening. Those storms moved in fast, Nora, and you can see some of the damage here that these tornadoes caused. Cars flipped on top of each other. At the same time, the roofs were ripped off these homes. But what the storm did not do was slow down the cleanup effort, as we saw neighbors helping neighbors. In Norman, Oklahoma, residents shoveled debris after a series of tornadoes raked across the Sooner State. Drone video shows the path of destruction in this neighborhood. Roofs ripped off homes. Everybody okay in there? The overnight storm's powerful winds smashed windows and turned cars into projectiles. Luis Paz owns a tow company. Today, he's towing his own damaged cars to the repair shop. How weird is it to have to tow your own car? Well, unfortunately, I don't have a full cover insurance on all my vehicles because all of them are pay off. Yeah. So never this happened. I've been here for over 10 years. We all just running here. Boz and his family rode out the storm in their bathroom. His son Aldo says when part of the roof was ripped off, he grabbed his little brother as debris started flying in the house. My ear, they let my ears popped and then, yeah, it was pretty scary. And then my brother, my little brother, he was in a room in his eye, but I had to run and grab him. He was scared. At least seven tornadoes touched down in Oklahoma Sunday, the most for any day in February and two more in Kansas. The system also brought twisters to Illinois and Ohio this afternoon. In the West, California is cleaning up after historic winter weather triggered landslides over the weekend. Parts of Los Angeles County saw more than 10 inches of rain. Cameras were rolling when the ground collapsed beneath this motorhome, sending it tumbling into a river. To the north, drivers are being urged to stay off the roads with a blizzard warning in the Sierra, with another six feet of snow expected to fall. Being prepared can be the difference between life and death. It has been a wild week of wicked weather, and about 300,000 Americans are without power right now. Here in Norman, just under 6,000. But if there's any good news, Nora, is that despite all of this damage, no one here was killed. That's incredible. Omar Villafranca, thank you. Well, for more on that massive storm that's pushing east toward New York, let's bring in meteorologist Mike Bettis. He's from our partners at the Weather Channel. Good evening, Mike. Nora, good evening to you. The last 24 hours have produced the most severe weather reports of any day this month. Storms in Kansas and Oklahoma yesterday producing tornadoes. That threat has shifted into the Midwest with tornadoes reported in Illinois, Indiana, and Ohio. Some of that energy now rolls into the Northeast, producing more snow than anything else. And it could be our biggest snow of the season so far in New York with two to four inches in our forecast, heavier amounts into northern New England. And then we focus on the West. Another major storm taking shape here. Big time mountain snow, valley rain with the possibility of flooding and then all that energy produces more snow now in the Midwest. Once again, that happens by late in the week and then also Nora, a chance for severe storms to return across the south with a greater chance for tornadoes by Thursday. Mike, thank you. Tonight, CBS News has new information on that classified Department of Energy report that details the origin of the COVID-19 virus. The new intelligence points to a possible lab leak in Wuhan, China. CBS's Catherine Herridge has more. 
Cameras went inside the Wuhan labs as the pandemic unfolded three years ago. Now two sources close to the U.S. government probe into the origins of COVID-19 tell CBS News there is new intelligence that points to an accidental lab leak. The sources said the Energy Department has low confidence in the new reporting, though it's not clear whether that reflects weak data or limited intelligence. We really do want to know. Uh, what what happened here. The White House would not endorse the new finding. The intelligence community and the rest of the government is still looking at this. Um, it, it, there's not been a definitive conclusion. Intelligence agencies have not been able to agree on how the pandemic that killed more than a million Americans started. Several still point to the possibility of natural transmission through animals. The first major outbreak occurred at a Wuhan wildlife and seafood market. Getting answers from the Chinese government or PRC has been impossible, according to State Department spokesperson Ned Price. For more than two years now, the PRC has been blocking from the beginning international investigators and members of the global health uh, community from accessing information that they need uh, to understand the origins of COVID-19. With more than 7 million deaths worldwide, the lack of transparency has frustrated health experts. Why does knowing still matter? Knowing the origins of COVID really matters because it will impact how we prepare for the future. So if this was the result of a lab leak, it may result in tighter safety procedures in the lab, more regulations on what kind of research is allowed. Whereas if this is a natural occurrence, it does point to the need for better surveillance among uh, animal populations, for example, to see what, what might be brewing um, as the next virus there. This month, the Special Congressional Committee on China will hold a public hearing on the topic, telling reporters it is a national security priority that will help prevent future pandemics and bring some closure to the families who lost friends and relatives to the virus. Nora. That'll be interesting. Catherine Herridge, thank you so much. An American was killed in the escalating wave of violence between Israelis and Palestinians in the West Bank. According to the State Department, the Israeli-American was reportedly killed by Palestinian gunmen in one of several drive-by shootings over the weekend. Israeli settlers responded by throwing rocks and setting fire to Palestinians' homes, killing at least one person. The defense rested its case today in the double murder trial of disgraced former attorney Alec Murdoch, but not before a defense witness offered a theory that not one but two shooters killed Murdoch's wife and youngest son. We get more now from CBS's Nikki Batiste, who's at the courthouse. Alec Murdoch's defense team's final witness today was one of his brothers who recalled the night of the murders. When we pulled up, I, I saw Alec. And I... What was his condition, Alex? Oh, he's, he was just broken, I mean, distraught. John Marvin Murdahl said he went back to the scene the next day after it was released by law enforcement. It had not been cleaned up, and I started cleaning. No mother or father or aunt or uncle should ever have to see and do what I did that day. It's the hardest thing I've ever been through in my life. The defense also called a witness who cast doubt on the prosecution's theory that Murdoch was the lone killer. My opinion is the totality of the evidence is more suggestive of a two-shooter scenario. On Friday, Murdoch took the stand in his own defense. I can promise you I would hurt myself before I would hurt one of them. But he did admit he'd lied about stealing millions of dollars and about where he was on the night of the murders. Everything about me not going to the kennel was a lie. And you're able to just do that Max, so easily and so convincingly and so naturally, don't you? I mean, that's not for me to judge. 
The prosecution says Murdoch wanted to distract from his financial crimes. The defense says he's not a killer. The defense just has to poke holes in the case in order to raise reasonable doubt. And all they need is one juror. The judge granted a request by the defense today to allow the jury to visit Alec Murdoch's home where his wife and son were killed. They will go after the prosecution calls a handful of rebuttal witnesses to testify. Nora. Nikki Batiste, thank you. The happiest place on earth lost its special tax status today. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, the Republican governor and expected presidential candidate, signed a bill that strips Walt Disney World of its long-held right to self-govern and maintain the land surrounding its theme park properties. It is seen as punishment after the company criticized the governor's so-called don't say gay law. Disney, one of Florida's largest employers, will need to repay $700 million in debt and taxes. Tonight, the most consequential legal ruling over abortion rights since Roe was overturned could impact 40 million women nationwide. A federal judge in Texas is set to rule in a lawsuit that seeks to ban the drug Mifepristone, one of two drugs typically used to induce a medicated abortion. CBS's Meg Oliver reports that more than half of all abortions in the U.S. use this medication. Dr. Kristen Brandy, an OBGYN in New Jersey, is nervous. The Texas federal court ruling could mean drastic changes for her patients. If this lawsuit bans this drug, mm -hmm. how would that affect patient care? It would be devastating because a lot of people rely on this medication. It's something that has been the standard of care for over 20 years. But a lawsuit filed by the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine, an anti-abortion organization, seeks to reverse the FDA's approval of the drug and remove it from the market, claiming insufficient safety studies. We're confident that when any court looks at the law and looks at the science, it will realize that the FDA has completely failed its responsibility to protect women and girls. The FDA says it does not comment on pending litigation, but physicians groups, including the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists, say the drug is safe and effective. It can be ordered online with a prescription, even in states where surgical abortions are restricted. It's also used to manage miscarriages. The decision is now in the hands of a Trump-appointed federal judge. If there is a nationwide injunction, uh, then the drug used for medication abortions will be off market in all 50 states, uh, at least at, during the period where the injunction is in force. Dr. Brandy says patients will still be able to get a medication abortion, even if mifepristone is banned by using the other drug in the combination. It's a little bit less effective. There may be higher risk of side effects or people needing additional care. Megan Boone says the outcome in this case may undermine the FDA approval process, setting a damaging precedent. Meg Oliver, CBS News, New Jersey. Here in Washington tonight, the crackdown on TikTok continues. The White House today gave government agencies 30 days to remove the video sharing app from all federal devices and computer systems. The Office of Management and Budget says the move is aimed to, at protecting U.S. data. Officials suspect that China is using the app to spy on Americans. The ban does not impact the more than 100 million Americans and teens who use TikTok on non-government devices. Tonight, we begin a new series called Retirement Ready. For millions of Americans, having enough money in savings is one of the biggest challenges, especially when you consider recent Wall Street losses that are shrinking 401k plans. CBS's Mark Strassman breaks down the numbers. Daniel Fitzpatrick's original goal, retire at 60. 
He's now 64. Fitzpatrick's a senior planning executive making low six figures with money worry. The benchmarks move as I get older. What's your timeline for retirement? Work till I'm 70 and then to look for something part-time afterward. The national average for one person to live comfortably in retirement, roughly $967,000 in savings. Every retirement scenario is different, but that's $74,000 a year for the average American worker to live out his retirement. What's troubling, the typical retirement accounts balance, $144,000. The average Social Security benefits that people draw are about 20000 every year. And if you are just relying on Social Security, it will be very difficult to make ends meet. And yet 40% of retirees say Social Security is their only source of income. Waiting to retire at 70 maximizes Social Security monthly benefits for the financial challenges of aging retirees. The biggest expense uh, that goes up is, the, is are these medical expenses. How many more dishes are you going to make? Georgians like Fitzpatrick need about 850000 to retire, about what he has in the bank. There's still a fingers crossed oh, yeah. quality to all of this. If I had to retire and had to live on what I have right now, I'd be much more worried. At least he's on track. In millions of older households, retirement shimmers like a shiny but unaffordable object. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Atlanta. SpaceX suffers a setback minutes before launch. What happened? That's next. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica, empathy is our best policy. SpaceX will try again on Thursday to launch its next mission to the International Space Station. Today's scheduled blast off was canceled at the last minute because of a problem with the ignition fluid. The Dragon capsule will carry four astronauts to the space station. That's two Americans, a Russian cosmonaut, and an astronaut from the United Arab Emirates. Serena Williams gets a prestigious award and opens up in a new person-to-person -person interview about one word she'll never say. That's next. Serena Williams was honored over the weekend at the NAACP Image Awards. The tennis legend and entrepreneur received the Jackie Robinson Award for her achievements in sports, business, and philanthropy. In a new person-to-person -person interview, we spoke with Williams about life after tennis. I know you don't like the word retired, but since it has been almost half a year since the U.S. Open, how are you feeling about that word now? I didn't retire. I evolved. I just kind of am doing more things and um, in business and, you know, just so many different things. And so um, it's like an evolution. And I, you know, I just feel like 
I like that word better. I, I think I'm allergic to the retirement word. You're never going to get me to say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in our person-to-person -person interview, we talked to the tennis superstar about getting her daughter to play the sport and much more. That begins streaming tonight at 9.30 p.m. Eastern on the CBS News app. All right, we trace the origins of Black History Month and the remarkable man who helped make it all happen. That story's next. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tonight, we take a look at the little-known story about how Black History Month started and why we celebrate it in February. Here's CBS's Adriana Diaz. Good morning, scholars. On Urban Historian Sherman Thomas's Black History Month bus tour. And if you look out of what is now the East Windows, that is the building where the birth of Black History Month happened. All roads lead to this former YMCA, one of the first to welcome Black Americans. Here in 1915, Carter G. Woodson, who was born to former slaves and went to the University of Chicago and Harvard, created the Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. And that association decided to come up with Negro Achievement Week, uh, which is the precursor to Black History Month. Thomas says they chose February because it contained the birthday of Abraham Lincoln and the made-up birthday of Frederick Douglass. And created Black History materials for teachers who sometimes taught it in secret. I think there are a lot of parallels comparing what's happening now with the banning of black history books and what Dr. Carter G. Woodson was attempting to do, trying to not use the lessons of the past to shame anyone, but to make sure that we don't repeat those same mistakes. Evelyn Brooks Higginbotham is a Harvard history professor whose father worked with Woodson. For him, the idea of a week was never a week. It was always 365 days. He was a builder. He brought people together. I think he'd be very proud of the history that we've made, and I think he would agree that we still have a little ways to go. Adriana Diaz, CBS News, Chicago. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news and culture maker interviews and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus.